For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm. That seemed like it was getting a little out of control there for a little bit. No, it felt great. You know, my wife bought me this lovely pair of moccasin slippers, so I slipped those on right now before this. Isn't it like 60 degrees in Pittsburgh right now? No, actually, it finally You're wearing slippers. It's sunny out, and there's a roaring fire in front of you. It's actually broke to 32 now, 32 and sunny. So it's uh, starting to get a little bit more seasonal here in Pittsburgh today. Uh, but I got my we nice. Finally news. hit freezing temperatures. Yeah, for the I know. First time God. All year. Dude, it dumped rain at the middle of the week. If it was snow, I'm not kidding. It would have been like five or six inches of snow. It would have been amazing. Whoa. It would have been just an incredible, you know, kickoff to you the see, winter that's what season. Sucks. You know what? That I, I never really thought of it like that. Like when you're when you're in Pittsburgh, you're used to rain, no matter when it comes. But when it's December, January, and February, and it's raining, that's sh- that should be snow. I think about we it all. Shouldn't the, be having rain. I think about it all the time. I mean, it it makes me so mad when it dumps rain like that, like it did. It makes me so mad. It's, the ski slopes should be popping this weekend. Uh, it, it should be, you know, th- that kind of snow would leave a, a nice little aesthetic to the environment for at least another three weeks. It really would set the tone for the January and February portion of the winter. But instead, we just got rained on. It was like 58 degrees, and now it's 32. And, of course, there's not a rain cloud and a snow cloud in sight. It's sunny as can be. So, I mean, we can't win. We can't win right now um, in Pittsburgh. But they're winning a whole lot in Cleveland. Uh, they just slaughtered the Jets last night. Uh, they only they only scored three second-half points. But, I mean, they were done, right, at the end of the first half like that. Just phoning it in at that point, you're up 34 to 17 at halftime, and this. Dude... I, did you see all the memes on Twitter last night with Joe Flacco? It's like when you throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns, but it's past your bedtime. He's just like on. The he was like falling like... asleep. He was like rubbing his yeah. face. <laughs> when it's past your 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 9 p.m. bedtime as a 40 year old. And someone else pointed out like he's got five kids and it was Christmas week. Like this this man can't do that oh, as a 38 year old. Like. But the guy has been remarkable. Another 300-yard performance. Three more touchdowns on uh, the Jets' head. Uh, this stat is unbelievable. Um, he passed Kenny Pickett as far as touchdowns were concerned, like, what was that, two weeks ago, I feel like. Yeah. But Joe Flacco now has 13 touchdown passes on the season. That's tied with the Giants and the Panthers. That's one more than the Steelers. That's one more than the Titans. And that's one more than the Jets. I mean, he himself is equal to or better than five other NFL teams, and he just started playing five weeks ago. It's crazy. Uh, is he? Uh, I said I have said I'm, for so I'm really long. For well, I've said for so long on this show. You know, you've brought up some 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 candidates for comeback player of the year, and I've always said, nah, it's going to be Demar Hamlin. He already won that award. 
I do you kinda, think Flacco's, dude, I mean, Flacco's I, I kind of feel like if there's ever going to be someone that takes it from DeMar Hamlin, it might be this Joe Flacco thing here. I still think they're going to give it to DeMar Hamlin. I mean, how could you not? The guy died on the field last year and then has been in an NFL game this year. Uh, that's as big of a comeback uh, and better than a – no matter what the stats are that Joe Flacco does, that's more of a remarkable comeback than anything in my eyes. But, I mean, as far as, you know, making a case for somebody else, I mean, good Lord, this is about as comeback player as you get, especially in a year mm-hmm. that maybe doesn't have a DeMar Hamlin. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. I mean, it's ridiculous. And we were talking about this game uh, leading up to it on Wednesday, saying what's going to happen if Joe Flacco turns into a pumpkin and the Browns can just go right back to, to Deshaun Watson? It's not happening. Tom, I think he's getting better. There was a play where he ran out to the left, drew a defender who was in coverage to him, and then threw a Mahomes-esque sidearm <laughs> pass for a first down. Literally at the age of nearly 40, running to his left, which you're never supposed to do as a right-hander, and throwing the ball for a first, drawing the defender to him away from coverage, and throwing for a first down. Like it was a, crazy. Like, did this dude go to the crossroads, man? Like, did he make a deal with the devil here? Like, what is going on? Like, how is he looking this young and spry and this good? And, you know, it's not even like you dropped him into San Francisco, right? And, like, all these weapons are around right. him and it the was, line's it was the great. Like, scenario. Right. Like, right. the first of all, the line is great for Cleveland, but they ain't healthy. Like, they're down to, like, third and fourth string guys out there, and some guys have season-ending injuries. So... You know, he's not out there with his best, with the best running back he's ever played with. That's what I mean. Nick he Chubb. doesn't have Nick Chubb right now. He's he has to use Jerome Ford. Um, he do, I will say this: Cooper and Njoku have been incredible weapons for him. Cooper didn't play last yes. night, uh, but Njoku just went off for Joe Flacco. Great connection there. Cooper gets back. Obviously, uh, he'll be ready by the playoffs at least. Um, and that connection has paid a lot off. I mean, he set the Browns franchise record for receiving yards uh, last week with Joe Flacco throwing him the football in Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got the receiving threats. But you know what? He's he's a 38-year-old man, and he's doing it behind a bit of a mash unit of an offensive line and a third, third string, second string running back. It's ridiculous, Tom. And here, and like, let's talk about it. What do it, the Browns do moving forward? Like, Okay, well, they like clinched they, last night, so they're, I, the Browns are in the playoffs, so that box is checked. If they win a well, playoff okay, game, well, how do you not bring Flacco back if he wants to? Tom, I could even make the argument. Say they lose that playoff game, and then say they go on the road next week and beat Cincinnati, and Joe Flacco does another 250, two touchdowns, one pick, maybe three touchdowns, one pick, something like that. I could make the argument he loses that playoff game, and it's still worth considering bringing him back over to Sean Watson next year. If the playoff game is close, if it's a good game, if he throws for you know two touchdowns I mean, in that playoff I mean, game and they just lose if, a good if, game. If, if it's not even a close game, but they don't, it's not close, not because of him. I guess if, I guess it kind of has to be a close game because you kind of have to blame everyone if it's not a close game. I just think it's so. But I, I just like there. What? How long has he been? How long has he been playing now? For what? Five weeks or so. Five weeks. He started. They're four and one. He's They're looked, four and one in his starts. This 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 five week span is better than any five week. You don't even have to pick a, a five week span. 
pick the five best games Deshaun Watson has played <laughs> in a Browns uniform, and this this five weeks is better than that. Yeah, you know, that's what's so that's the other angle of this story that's just so unbelievable is they gave the most guaranteed money ever to a quarterback who is a scumbag off the field. Uh, couldn't have a worse image off the field right now in the NFL. I mean, actually, you know what? You could. There's a lot of bad images in the NFL mm-hmm. off the field. So I'm not even going to say but that. But he's up there. But he's up there. He's, he's, up there. An, he's a, a despicable dude as far as I'm concerned. I'm comfortable saying that uh, on air and, and publishing it. Um, you pay him all this money. He's your quarterback. He stinks. I mean, people are questioning his commitment, whether that's warranted or not. Then he gets hurt for the season. You're, you're kind of spinning your tires with DTR. Uh, what do we do at quarterback? And then you call up Joe Flacco, and he's like the nicest, most wholesome guy on the face of the earth. He doesn't cost anything, comes in off of his couch, and like you said, he's played better in these five games than Watson ever has in a five-game span, in a one-game span in a Browns uniform. Uh, it's just that that kind of juxtaposition is crazy too. Like on one side, you paid all this money to this just this despicable person. And then the guy who saves your season, the guy who is leading you into the playoffs, and I have more confidence in him leading you to a playoff win than I would Deshaun Watson. I mean, he couldn't be an, more of an opposite person, at least from what I know about him, what's made public about him, than Deshaun Watson is. It's, it's just every angle of this is every – take every branch of the take tree that you grab onto it's just in, mm-hmm. it's an insane story i mean uh, central casting is loving this i mean this 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 is a movie mm-hmm. 10 15 years from now especially if they make a run here if they maybe go to the super bowl i mean god who could imagine uh here's a question tom that we haven't really been mulling we're talking about joe flacco's future with the browns joe flacco's future might not be with cleveland next year you think other teams are going to want to take a bite out of that uh, uh, I mean, <coughs> excuse me, oh. with Deshaun Watson's contract and other teams in desperate need of a quarterback. Because if, if he comes back, the Joe Vikings Flacco's not going to. benching Nick Mullins and starting whoever the third guy is. But but my point, like, if he comes back, Flacco, is going. he need a pay raise, right? No matter who well, gets Well, that's what I'm him, saying. Right? I don't think the Browns, with the Deshaun Watson payroll that he, or the, the, the cap hit that he has, could afford him. Oh man, they, they given given his output in these five weeks, I think he's deserving of a real veteran quarterback contract, not just the one year deal he got with Cleveland when he came out of retirement. He, he it would I would only sign him two one year deals from now on. But right. yeah, the pay has to be. I mean, if you're Joe Flacco's agent, come on, you're not getting you're not you're getting thinking a discount. Like 10, 15 mil minimum. Oh, fifteen at least, I think. Yeah, you know, twelve to fifteen is the range that I. That's where we're starting with the negotiations. Right. If yeah. I'm if I'm his agent, if I'm Flacco, um, one last thing I'll say about him before we look at the the schedule for the week. It's it's also just really freaking me out how close to the name Shane Falco he is. Uh, Joe Flacco, Shane Falco Shane from the Falco. replacements. You've ever seen that yeah. movie? Gene Hackman, Keanu Reeves. Keanu, like, uh, Keanu Reeves. In the right. story is just it's just him coming out I of the wings. Say Keanu and, Neal there, by the way. But it's just I, I I can't handle it. It's Joe Flacco, Shane Falco. I, I can't do it. My brain hurts. It, this uh, is this. It, speaking of Keanu Reeves, this really might be the Matrix, and this all really might be a simulation. And he might be Neo. He just might be the <laughs> Cleveland Browns savior. Are we going to, before we move on, are we going to acknowledge what the Browns did? Like, con- like 
standings wise. Yeah, nineteen eighty yeah, nine. First time, it was the last time they beat the Steelers in the Man, standings. I'm going to talk blah. over you so that we can't really even yeah, hear what actually I mean, happened. Nine, first time since nineteen eighty nine that the Browns finished ahead of the Steelers in the standings. Blah blah blah. Who cares? I really hate how good the Ravens and the Browns are though right now. Like uh, to be mm-hmm. quite to be quite honest with you, you know I love my Bills. But the Browns, Browns and the Ravens might be the two best teams right now in the AFC, and I hate it. I, you know what, Tom? Though I'm really not afraid of Cleveland moving forward because I don't think they move forward with Joe Flacco. Deshaun Watson comes back <laughs> in. I don't. I don't. But this I, year I is what I'm talking about. I'm worried about a run being made this year. I don't want them to be happy. I don't want them to go to the AFC title game. Tom, are we gonna see a Cleveland Baltimore AFC championship? Oh my game? God, I can't handle that. I want to, I Come on, Buffalo! Come on, I Buffalo! Even, I, I will not. I will not. I vow. I will not watch that game. <laughs> Come on, Bills! We need you, Buffalo, badly, badly. The Chiefs, I don't the like. I don't like you either, for, Chiefs. So get out of here. The only thing we can hope for is that. Uh, what would it take? It would take every other wild card team winning, right? Or losing, it would take every wild card team. Behind Lo- yeah, Cleveland behind Cleveland for them to just go to Baltimore in the divisional round. For yeah. Cleveland to play Baltimore, and then that means we only get one of them in the championship game. But we still have that head-to-head matchup, and God, that's going to make a lot or, of Steelers fans or puke. Better case scenario than that, they don't play each other, and they both lose in the divisional round. We have nothing to worry about. <laughs> that sounds great to me. I'd sign up for that. Uh, Browns and Ravens embarrassment. All right. This slate on Week 17 starts on Saturday. Uh, 8-15 kickoff on ABC. Great game. Lions and Cowboys. Uh, 11 and 4 Lions. 10 and 5 Cowboys. 5.5 point favorite for Dallas. Uh, maybe seems steep, but Dallas is just such a different team at home. I don't know if the Lions are going to be able to win this game. I'm taking the over, kicking my feet up, cracking a beer, and having a lot of fun watching a lot of points go up on the board. Because I, I think there's no doubt in my mind this is going to be back and forth and back and forth type of game yeah i'm really glad you know it's it's crazy to say that i'm really glad this cowboys game is a standalone game because last week the poser bowl out in arizona it was going up against the cardinals and bears game i had to watch the cardinals and bears (laughs) instead of the cowboys and dolphins so again i hate to admit that i'm excited to watch a cowboys game but I, I legitimately had to miss it because I was given only Cardinals and Bears, which was an entertaining game if you if you want to put it that way, but not the game I actually wanted to watch. I'm really glad this is the standalone game on Saturday night. I, I don't really think it'll do me much confidence in Dallas's favor, even if they blow up on Detroit 40 to nothing or something like that because we've seen them do that. But if the Lions can go into Dallas and get a win, then I'd I'd say okay, you you not only did you get a road win, you got a road win against a team that doesn't lose at home. That's I mean, how about that would be great, right? The Cowboys have eight home games; they're seven and zero right now, and they finished seven and one, losing their last one to Detroit. That'd be great. One o'clock window on Sunday is the game of the week as far as I'm concerned. I'm a little shocked that this didn't get flexed into Sunday night football. Uh, Ravens and Dolphins, that's for the number one seed, basically, in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the Ravens, although I guess not really, because if the Dolphins uh, win, 
and get in the driver's seat, the Ravens would have to beat the Steelers and the Bills would have to beat the Dolphins the next week for the Ravens to get it back. And that's definitely mm-hmm. possible. I mean, that is, uh, that's more than even a 50-50 chance in my eyes because I do think the Bills are going to beat the Dolphins. Uh, but if the Ravens win this week, they lock up the number one seed. Nothing the Dolphins, nothing the Chiefs, nothing the Bills can do about it. Nothing the Browns can do about it, who are technically still alive for the North and for uh, the number one seed. But a Ravens wins, gets the North, gets the number one seed. A Dolphins wins, Dolphins win, puts them in the position to get that one seed if they can take care of business against Buffalo. So uh, really in all the marbles type of game coming up here in Baltimore, and the fact that it's in Baltimore, I – I just don't know about the Dolphins winning a game on the road of this magnitude. I, I think they're they're a soft team, and I, I still just don't take them seriously yet. And this game is as serious as, as it gets in the regular season. Yeah, and I just saw a report that Jalen Waddle is likely to be out mm. on Sunday. Tyreek Hill still, I, he's still hurt. I know he is. I mean, he doesn't look the same. A little banged up, so you have to assume the Ravens win. I just did a little bit of calculating on our handy-dandy playoff machine. We don't believe it's going to go this way. But if the Ravens lose this week and next week against Pittsburgh and Cleveland wins next week Mm -hmm. against the Bengals, the Browns are your AFC North division winners. And then then I believe, I don't know how this math would work out, um, and well, I, I don't. See, I don't want to put I, you on the spot. Would they Ravens get the loss. one? Se- would they get the one seed though? If the Bills were to beat the Dolphins the next week, and if the Browns the Bills went out, beat the Dolphins. Your Browns, the Cleveland Browns, yeah, would be the number one overall seed. So the path to the one seed for Cleveland is beat the Bengals, and then Ravens lose out, and Dolphins lose to the Bills, and then they're the one seed. Yeah. I mean, I don't but think that's going to happen. But is that that's not, not that's not crazy, right? Like that's not crazy. It's not, you know, back in the day when the Steelers were a team that kind of started slow and they really built a lot of momentum in November and December and you thought, okay, I really want this team to go to the playoffs because I think they're building the right kind of momentum. I think they can get in with a, with a, with a lot of luck. And you would do the math, right? You would say, here's everything that needs to happen. And it would be like you need nine games or ten games to go in your favor. And Cleveland, for this to happen, only needs four things to happen in their favor. They need to win next week, Baltimore loses twice, and Miami loses once. That's not crazy. The Bills take on the Patriots in the 1 o'clock window. Buffalo needs to win to set up that showdown with Miami next week. And if the Ravens beat the Dolphins, it would be for the AFC East title. Uh, I don't see the Patriots sweeping the Bills this year, especially getting the second leg in Buffalo. Uh, It could be close. It could be closer than the 13-point spread. I know the Bills struggled in L.A. last week but pulled out the win, but I I think no matter what it takes, you know, Captain America in the end game, no matter what, like, they're going to win the game. Buffalo's going to end up on top of this one. So, you know, as close as it could be in this Patriots game, and this might be Bill Belichick's penultimate game as Patriots head coach, Last time he goes to Buffalo as Patriots head coach, uh, I still think the Bills are going to end up winning the game. You don't think they can pull off what they did last week against Denver? Just close. A Patriots sweep of the Bills this year would just—it's just my brain doesn't process that. Mm-hmm. I understand why. I, I I don't foresee it happening either. But Bill Belichick, come on, dude. You know he's feeling something. You know he feels the, the hot seat underneath him. 
his last chance to go into Buffalo and embarrass this team. Maybe. Never say never. Uh, two games in the 1 o'clock window that have Steelers implications, the Colts and the Raiders and the Texans and the Titans. Uh, you want the Titans, you want the Raiders to win. I think they're both winnable games for the Titans and the Raiders. Uh, the I actually, is, I lean towards the, the Raiders, really. Teams. I think the Raiders are going to beat the Colts, Jacob. I, I'll go one step further. Both, both the Raiders and the Titans are on the road, not in your favor. But yeah. I'm with you. I think of the two, I'm favoring. Well, is C.J. Shroud playing? I'm not. It looks like, yeah, Stroud and Levis are both going to return. So the starting quarterbacks are back for both teams. Okay, well, Levis I'm not as afraid of. I think with Stroud playing, it gives the Texans a big upper hand. Uh, but I'm, I'm with you. I think the Colts could easily lose at home to the Raiders. The Raiders are on to something. I, I think so. I mean, they still have Josh Jacobs. They still have Devontae Adams. And they're doing this all with Aiden O'Connell. They're doing this all – Firing their coach after firing their coach midseason for the second time in three years. I agree with you that the Raiders Raiders have a ton of talent on that roster on both sides of the football. So they are a dangerous team down the stretch. They just went into Arrowhead, so going on the road in Indianapolis doesn't really scare me as much. Uh, but I'll say this, Steelers fans, you do not want a Colts and the Texans to both win this week because then they play each other next week, and that means one of those two teams is going to by default be ten and seven, unless you know, of course, they tie. But with the Dolphins and the Bills looking like they're going to lock up the sixth seed and the Browns pretty much already having the five seed up, the Colts and the Texans both win this week. It could get pretty, pretty dire for your Steelers, even if they win in Seattle. So you got to have at least one of these teams drop a game, Jacob. Yeah, I mean, I think that's absolutely vital because they play each other next week. You need at least one of them. Certainly, you'd be a lot more comfortable if they both lose next oh, or yeah. this week. Oh, but yeah. I like I I'm, I think I'm with you. I'm leaning more towards the Colts losing, but I'm worried about CJ Stroud coming back. Whether he's 100% or not, I think he can do it at home against Tennessee. But even though we're talking all this hype up against for the Ravers or for the Raiders rather, um, it's still not out of the question. I mean, the Colts are at home. The Colts are a decent team. The Colts are having a better season than the Raiders are. So. You can't just say, oh, well, I like the momentum the Raiders have. I don't want the Colts to win, so I don't think the Colts are going to win. You have to be realistic. Both of these teams, Indy and Houston, could win this week, which, like you said, could put the Steelers in a very dire spot after this week's end, especially – I mean, if the Steelers lose to Seattle, then it's all over, really. But if they win, they need this luck to go in their favor. I just don't – I just don't know. And then finally, well, the last game I really want to highlight in the 1 o'clock window is the Buccaneers and the Saints game because of the Buccaneers win, they get the NFC South crown. Uh, the Bucks have been playing some pretty dang good football right now, Jacob. And mm-hmm. I'm actually, if they win this game against the Saints pretty handedly, uh, they might be 9-8 and eight going into the playoffs because then they won't have anything to play for in week uh, 18. They'd rest their starters, get a little bye week. Uh, you know, with the way Dallas is on the road, I'm assuming Dallas is going to be the five seed, you know, Tampa Bay has shown me a little something in these past couple of weeks. I'm, am I really willing to say it's as much of a pushover, five-over-four matchup as we were like just five weeks ago? I, I don't think I am. I think I think Tampa Bay can give oh, Dallas some trouble. Da- I'm stop dude, you there. Da- Dallas on the road, though, Jacob. I mean, it's just I'm not the same team. Because last let's, – let's take it back one year ago, right? Uh, I, I'm with you. you know, Dallas was better last year on the road than they were this year. 
That's just the fact okay. they were. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, I respect if Tampa wins this week against as against the Saints, that's a five game winning streak in December into January. You can't ignore that. I'm with you. And right? you get a home game locked but, up. Yes. But let's go back to last year. Yes, Dallas was better on the road, but Dak overall is better this year. And last year, Tom Brady was quarterback for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, not Baker Mayfield. And we were going into that game saying, is Brady just going to do the Brady thing and just torch Dallas? No, that's not what happened. Dak Prescott went in, torched Tampa Bay, and then lost the very next week in San Francisco. No surprises there, obviously. But I think we're going to see if we do get this 4-5 matchup between the Bucks and the Cowboys, I have a feeling we're going to see a Cowboys win, even though it's on the road, even though they're doing much worse on the road this year compared to last. So I can make the argument that Baker Mayfield's playing better this year than Brady was last year. Than Brady was last year? 100%. 26 26 touchdowns to Baker so far this year. He's got two more games to go. Brady had 25 last year. Nine picks from Brady last year. Baker's only thrown eight. I mean, the... I'm just saying, it's more predicated towards the Cowboys sucking on the road. You, you know what? I'm actually, in, I'm actually disappointed in you. I, I had some good Cowboys <laughs> oh. bashing lineup. I thought they might be able to lose to Tampa Bay in the first round, and you were like, no, no, well, no, no. I was on board that train last year, and I, and, and I, I was fooled. I was, I, was, I was made to look foolish. I'll, I'll, I'll counter your Baker Mayfield right now is better than Brady was last year with – Brady's played in a hundred some playoff games, and Baker's played in two. And he won one of them, baby. He did win one. And of we don't them. like You're to right. talk about it. Uh, no, four o'clock. Will, no, we don't. Four o'clock. The the late games stink. I'm just going to be brutally honest with Tom, you. All the late games. Four yeah, they all stink. It's a Sunday night, they all stink. Except for ours. You know, that's I, all games outside of Pittsburgh, Seattle stink. But that's the best game right. nationally too. At four or five, is that Seattle Steelers game. Uh, Niners Commanders sucks. Commanders are going to get whomped by the Niners because they're just Niners just need to win out to get the one seed. Uh, Bengals Chiefs uh, just such a watered down. It should be the game of the year, but it's not. Right. The, the Bengals, I think the clock has struck on both, midnight on both sides. It's not just because Joe Burrow's not there. It's you look at Kansas City. This is not the same Kansas City team that we've known for the past three or four years. No, it is not. Um, but they're probably going to get right against Cincinnati. Uh, now their back is as far against the wall as it can get. They got to win these next two games and get the AFC West crown. Uh, Broncos Chargers is 4:25 kickoff. The Broncos uh, really good effort trying to get off the mat. Just fell short this year. You dig yourself that deep of a hole, you really almost. Have and then to, you, you lose to the New England. Yeah, I mean you you have to almost be perfect if you dig, dig that right. deep of a hole, and they were not. Uh, and now Russell Wilson is on the bench, and now Russell Wilson is no longer going to be a Denver Bronco. I they're going to move on from him one way or the other. Clearly. I mean, obviously, you don't you don't bench this guy that you traded away essentially your whole team to get two years after you got him. Especially when you're like, especially when you're still mathematically alive, right? Like, right, like that's a weird move. Kind of waving the white flag for Sean Payton, wouldn't you say? I was talking about this with my dad. Does there need to be a conversation? You know, I'm not disrespecting the guys like Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower. all uh, Tom Landry, uh, George Hallis, Vince Lombardi, guys that played in non-quarterback era, or guys that coached in the non-quarterback era of the NFL, those coaches are great. Don't get me wrong. Does there need to be a legitimate conversation about NFL head coaches and the 21st century about being, I'm uh, using quotes here, all-time greats? 
because let's look at some of these coaches without their star quarterbacks. Mike Tomlin without Ben Roethlisberger. Bill Belichick without Tom Brady. Sean Payton without Drew Brees. Are we not starting to see some kind of trend here? Guys that coach in the 21st century in the era of the quarterback without their Hall of Fame quarterbacks clearly not doing as good of a job as they were when they had that Hall of Fame quarterback? Yeah, I mean, Tom Landry never had good quarterbacks. I, but, okay. I but mean, come on, man. Bill Cowher won a Super Bowl with his Hall of Famer. I mean. But, but again, that era was in the non-quarterback era. I mean, someone, someone could say that Joe Gibbs is the best. Yeah, he's, uh, he's the example that you hold up. He won with three different right, starters. He's the best coach of all time because he won three Super Bowls with three guys. None of uh, is Theismann in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't know. Actually, I don't. I want. It feels like he shouldn't be. If he is, I'm checking right now. He is in the College Football Hall of Fame. All right, not well, the Pro the Football, football Hall, of Hall of Fame. So yeah, I mean, yes, you're bringing up that example. But even Bill Parcells didn't have a Hall of Fame quarterback. His his two Super Bowls were won by two different quarterbacks. Sure, Phil Sims is great but not a Hall of Famer. Brian Billick won his only Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. At court. I'm not saying Trent or Brian Billick's an all-time great head coach, but I think there needs to be some kind of thesis or, or study done on these coaches in the 21st century that are labeled as all-time greats and then you look at them without their Hall of Fame quarterback. You, you just okay. have to do it. Okay, you get on that thesis, you get on that study, you put in all the hours, right, and cool. then you get. I mean, it to, you, you get wanna, it. You wanna, no, you, you get it to me, yeah, and then Coward, I'm not gonna, and then I won't read it. Okay, so you want to say Cowher won his Super Bowl with his Hall of Fame quarterback? He still got to the Super Bowl without Ben. He still won Coach of the Year yeah. in the '90s without yeah. Ben. And you know what he? You know what he lost to a Hall of Fame quarterback? Okay. Womp, womp, womp. Bad take, Jacob. Okay, Packers-Vikings is the Sunday night football game. That game has magnitude for the wild card race, but I do think it's going to end up being Seattle and the Rams that end up with the last two wild card spots. So uh, I think those two teams are going to be left out in the cold. But because of Jacob's rant, no time to talk about that game. We got to get to our puke bowl and our triple play picks. Uh, Puke bowl was a little bit trickier for me to pick this week. Because, like, even the games that have really, really crappy teams in them have kind of good teams playing against them that are playing for something. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to go with the Chargers and the Broncos as my puke bowl because you're you're putting in Jarrett Stidham. You're kind of waving the white flag if you're Denver, and the Chargers are already mathematically eliminated. So I'm going to actually – I'm going to throw that game out there as my puke bowl this week. See, I'm going to go Falcons and Bears. I mean, you yeah, could, you could yeah, say that's a good point. the Falcons are alive. I, you could technically say the Bears know. are still alive. Right, I guess. I don't know if that's still true. It are is. It is. Yet? No, they're not eliminated yet. I just think that when you look at Chargers, I mean, Chargers-Broncos is would have been my next pick because neither of those teams are going to make the playoffs. You don't assume. Chargers, such a disappointment. And no Justin Herbert, no Brandon Saley, not to say that that's a huge uh, missing piece for them. But I, I think either of those two games, Chargers, Broncos, Falcons, Bears, is your pupil of the week. Fair to say? Fair to say. Triple play time. I went 2-1 and one last week. I'm 23-20-2 and two on the season. 
You went 0-3 last week, which is just, oh. it's just glorious. You picked the oh. Bengals, you picked the Colts, and you picked the Niners, and you failed oh. on all three of those. 15-29-1 uh, now is your record as I have opened up a huge lead as we head down the stretch. I will lead things off, as I so often do, since I'm so much better at this than you. <laughs> and I'm going to take the Raiders plus three and a half in Indianapolis. Okay. Okay, totally fair. Um, let's see here. Just building up some uh, anticipation here. I'll go with the Jaguars at home. They get back on track. Minus six against the Panthers. If they're going to get back on track, it's got to be this week against the Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. and they got to get this win because they don't want the Colts or the Texans sniffing around too hard at that AFC South crown because it would it would honestly probably go towards the Colts or the Texans if those two win this week, play next week, and the Jags drop this game to the Panthers. All right, my next pick, I'm going to take another team on the road. It stings. I don't like it because they're going all the way from the West Coast to the East Coast, but they got so much to play for. I'm going with the L.A. Rams to cover the five and a half points that they're giving the Giants oh, in New York. I don't like that one, you don't like it's that one. A little one. too rich for my taste. I yeah. just think they got the Niners on the horizon. If they want to get their ninth win and get really into this playoff picture, the Rams got to take care of business in New York this week. All right, all right. My next pick. I was worried you were gonna go with this one until you said the road team, and I knew you weren't gonna do it. I'm going Baltimore at home minus three. They can go on the road to the West Coast against San Francisco and drop a deuce on them. <laughs> they could easily win by four points at home against Miami this week. And speaking of those 49ers, my last pick, I'm going to take them. I'm going to give the 12.5 points on the road to the Commanders. They're going to eviscerate Washington as a get-right game after what happened last week. So give me the Niners minus the 12.5. Okay. I think that's a pretty safe pick. Commander's defense is terrible. My last pick, again, I thought you were going to go with this one, but I guess you're not. Packers on the road. I'll take the Pack plus one against Minnesota. Oh, I think the Vikings are going to win that game. That's with their what... third-string quarterback? I do. I do. With no T.J. Hawkins? That's right. And Jordan Addison hurt? You know why? You know why? Why is that? Because it's the NFL. Mm. It just – it just – it's just – I – it's the one league where my analysis can be just because, and I think that actually makes sense. Okay. All right, time for our Steelers prediction. Steelers haven't won in Seattle since 1983, and they will continue to not have won in Seattle since 1983 uh, because I am leaning towards the Seahawks in this game. I think it's going to be Seattle 27, Pittsburgh 20. Uh, I want to say I'm leaning with you, but last week I thought the Bengals were going to lose, or the Bengals were going to win, so I'm going to flip the fortune here. I'm going to say the Steelers are going to win this game. I'm going Steelers 24, Seattle 20. I hope you're right, and I hope I'm wrong, and I hope we get to have another week of of really looking at that AFC playoff picture with hope, of meaningful football and a, a chance to get into the playoffs. Gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can find only directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops located at Acershire Stadium, the Grove City Premium Outlets, or at the Tanger Outlets, or you can visit online at shop.steelers.com. Steelers and Seahawks kick off 4.05 p.m. at Lumen Field in Seattle. 
For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opperman. As always, we appreciate you listening to us throughout the week. We'll be back again next week recapping everything that went down in Week 17 in the NFL and against the Seahawks when we return on the Steelers Standard.